Thank you for joining the Homeschool Help Desk Live. My name is Tam and I'm here to help you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And now let's get into the show. Good. Okay, good. So let me see where, where do I want to start? Okay, so first of all, like I said, I went to the Homeschool Expo here in, in Georgia. Um, it was hosted in Atlanta. So I first, let me say, if you are in the Southeast and if Atlanta is like a three hour-ish drive for you or less, I think it's worth going to. Uh, I spent the entire time in the exhibitors hall. I didn't even go to any of the speeches, <laughs> but you can, like, it's definitely like, if you can do both days, I would say, knock yourself out, do both days. Um, it's, I look at it almost like my, my version of professional development. So like, if you, uh, you know, if you know teachers or you have teachers in your life, they talk about their professional development over the summer. This homeschool expo is, is that for me. And I, like I said, I spent the entire time in the exhibitors hall and I still didn't get to every table. That's how many people was, were there. And I was there for, I was there for probably five hours easily. Um, I did spend like an hour and a half chatting <laughs> with some, some other homeschool families that I met. So I wasn't like going table to table to table the entire um, uh, five hours, but my, I saw mom, I saw. Um, I just, um, you know, I just had a good time going from table to table. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna share with you some of the things that I picked up. I don't have all the freebies because my kids, as soon as I came in, they were like picking, picking, <laughs> picking. Hey, hey, Adrian, how are you? Good to see you here. Oh, good. Um, ask any questions that you guys have though still, and definitely also put them in the house or not the house, in the QA. I don't know why I said house. Yes, it was a Southeast Homeschool Expo that I went to. Um, so I'm gonna show you some of the things that I picked up from the tables. Like I said, uh, some of the freebies, like the fun little things, my kids have taken them and they're, they're gone. Like um, Time for Learning was there and they were giving out these little light up Mickey ears. They light up like blue. Um, there were lots of like bags that were given out. Um, so lots of, lots of freebies that I don't have here. How do you figure out what curriculum to use? Okay, good question. So the first thing you're gonna wanna think about is what subjects you wanna teach. Like your state might require some where you, you can start there with the state law to see like what subjects are required for your state. But then from there, you yourself can just make a list of what subjects do you want to teach. Um, a lot of the a lot of the companies, uh, the bigger companies, they were giving out these things that say scope and sequence. You could also Google that that phrase scope and sequence for whatever grade your kid is going to. And like for example, this is grade six scope and sequence from BJU Press, and it goes through and tells you like what things ought to be taught for that grade. And then you as the parent can just kind of go through and highlight and say yes to this, yes to this, no to that, um, you know, whatever you think is most important. But that's how you would start in terms of figuring out the subjects that you want to teach. And then once you figure out the subjects that you want to teach, then you would just find resources that would support that, whether you are um, getting an all-in-one curriculum, which y'all, my stance on all-in-one curriculums has, has slightly changed. I, I used to be very much like, nah. 
but that's for me. I'm still like not nah, for me. But if you guys saw the video that I made where it was like the Friends theme song, um, I made that specifically for my cousin who is thinking about getting into homeschool. And she is someone who would 100% benefit from an all-in-one curriculum because, you know, she just, she has a lot going on. So for her, an all-in-one curriculum where you just buy everything, pay once and be done with it would probably be ideal for her. So I'm much, I have a much less, like more open-minded to all-in-one curriculums. Um, but anyway, Adrian, getting back to your question just about how do you figure it out? Um, if your kids are, you know, a little bit older, I would ask them. I'm always a big proponent of asking your kids their opinion of what they think of what you're bringing in. And then just try things out. A lot of companies were giving out free trials. This one specifically is from teaching textbooks. So you can just try out some different um, curriculum. This one's specifically for math. Um, and you can just try things out and just see how it goes. You said, is it expensive? It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be like this one. This one I just held up is teaching textbooks. They start at math th level three and it's $43 for the year. So that's not expensive. And they come with the free trial. Now it goes up a little bit. So like the high school is more expensive. It's $67 for the year. But again, not expensive when you're when you're looking at it all, you know, you know, in total for the expenses. Um, okay, let me go back. Good morning. And y'all, if I missed your question in the chat, please do type it in the QA. That makes it easier to see and go back to. How does homeschool prepare for the SAT or ACT? Usually you just buy a book that is an SAT prep book or ACT prep, or you could pay for your child to attend a class. Same way high, uh, public schoolers do it. You would just pay for the book uh, and have your kid take it at home, or you could have them enroll in a class. What needs to be done to actually get the diploma for those who just are needing grade 12? Depends on your state. Um, in Georgia and in other states like Georgia, you can you create it. You, as the parent, create the transcript once they've completed the requirements. And then you can order a diploma from anywhere that makes or prints diplomas. Can you share the link for Georgia teaching the breakdown on what they're teaching? Yeah, that's georgiastandards.org. georgiastandards.org. Your homeschooling until middle school helped you with some practical life skills. Okay, good, good. Okay, and that was, a, I think that was a repeat question. How do they prepare? Yeah, a book or a course. What is the best session you attended? I actually didn't go to any of the uh, any of the sessions, Tiffany. I spent the entire time in the exhibitor's hall. Um, and that was, I, if I had gone back the second day, I probably, probably would have tried to attend a session, but I just spent the whole time looking at all the vendors. You're interested in homeschooling your kids. Oops, gosh, I hate when it snaps down to the bottom like that. You're interested in homeschooling your kids ages three to one. Where can you start? Oh, sweet. Um, so I would just start with like the basics, ABC, one, two, three, shapes, colors, numbers. Um, you could introduce spelling their name if, you know, depending on how, how, you, how motivated your, your toddlers are. But yeah, just the basics there. You don't have any paperwork to do, and I wouldn't recommend that you jump into a workbook. Um, you could definitely invest in some little manipulatives that can have like a multi-use purpose, like counting and sorting and patterns. Um, but yeah, that's where I would start. 
And then also, yeah, just reading. You can't read enough to to a kid that age. To any, reading is essential for every other skill. You were told your child could get IEP services at home. Some states do, yeah, some states and school districts will allow that. Um, I don't have any personal experience with that, um, but there are some folks on the Rolodex list in my profile, if you wanna go check that out, B Stance K, um, to see what they're doing, but it, it's gonna depend on your state and your school district, but yes, that is possible. For South Carolina, you just need a certain amount of credits. Was that relating to the high school diploma question? Because, yeah, every state is going to be a little bit different um, when it comes to uh, the graduation, like, diploma requirements. What are your thoughts on a Becca? You've been using that for two years. Hey, if you like it, keep it going. I don't have any experience with a Becca. Okay, I just answered that one. I don't have any experience with a Becca. Um, did they get, I think they, I, I don't even know if I stopped at their table because I was just like, yeah, seen it, got it. And they send me a, they do send me a homeschool catalog every year, but I've never used them. Uh, I personally am not a fan of the all in one for my family, but I understand like it's important and useful for other families. So I just, I haven't personally used a Becca at all. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I I don't uh shade. I don't know anything about home IEP services from a personal standpoint. But like I said, in the Rolodex in my profile, I do share. Um, there's other homeschoolers on that list who are also on TikTok and share and, and answer questions on homeschooling. And everyone on that list, by the way, I've reached out to and said, "Hey, do you mind answering questions when I do these lives?" Um, and everybody has said yes. So if you reach out to anyone on that list, um, you can definitely ask them questions. One that comes to mind specifically is Homeschool Basics. I believe she's based out of, I forgot. <laughs> I want to say one of the Northern states. And she talks about IEP services um, for her uh, that, that she has from a personal standpoint, um, the experiences that she's had. Is there a different, is there a different from homeschooling and online school? Yes. There is usually online school is still through the public school, uh, whereas homeschooling is like you are fully withdrawing from public school and you're following you're falling under the law of homeschooling for your state. So if you're doing like a distance learning program, but it's still through the public school, you're technically still a public schooler. So there's that. That's the main difference. What does unschooling look like? Uh, it looks different for every family. <laughs> so some people are really nature focused. Uh, with their unschooling, or some families really like to focus on um, unit studies because they have kids close in age, um, so they do a lot of unit studies. For us, for but for the for the majority, in, in terms of like across the board, um, it's child led, meaning you're kind of following your kids' interests. So think Miss Frizzle, you know, Miss Frizzle would base the lesson of the day based around what a child in the class is asking. So that's kind of how I think of unschooling. Um, is like a Miss Frizzle magic school bus approach. So ho hopefully that helps. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, let me grab this QA question. Yeah, if you guys, if I've missed your question, please do type it in the QA. Um, so you said, do we have to keep attendance, send in grades, etc.? 
Um, it depends on what state you're in, Adrian. So in Georgia, for example, yes, we have to keep attendance, but there's we don't have to turn it in. And we don't have to send in grades, but we do have to keep a progress report and transcripts of what we're doing. So, you know, Georgia is just one of those states where it's like, we need you to do it, but we don't have anyone for you to turn it into. So keep and keep those things on file for three years. Um, so the short answer, I guess it could be yes. If you want to drop your state in the chat, just inside, you know, we can be more specific, but it depends on the state. Like some states don't want anything from you. They don't want any paperwork. They don't want anything turned in. Other states have annual evaluations. So it's, um, yes, it's going to depend on the state. Oh, Kentucky. Hey, okay. Let's see. I don't know Kentucky off the top of my head. So I'm going to look it up real quick. And see what does Kentucky require and then y'all for you guys I know you um, some people are also dropping their states this is the website I'm going to this hslda.org forward slash legal so you can definitely go to that website and click on your state uh, in order to see what is required for your state um, let's see so Kentucky, you do have an annual notice that you have to send in. So that's very similar to Georgia. We have to every year send in our notice to intent letter. Um, it does say to keep attendance reports and report cards, but it doesn't say who to turn it into. <laughs> so again, very similar to Georgia in that. Like you got to keep the record, but who do you turn it into? Doesn't say. There's no um, annual evaluations for Kentucky. There's no testing requirements for Kentucky. It does say that you have to uh, provide 1,600, I'm sorry, 1,062 hours of instruction over a period of at least 170 days. So let's just do the math on that. That's a specific number of hours, 1,062, not 1,061. <laughs> like, where did they get that number? Um, but if your school days are longer, like if you school year round, then you know, that would be less hours per day. So let's see, 1,062 divided by 170. Okay, so they're saying that's approximately 6.2 hours a day, but, you know, clearly, <laughs> if you are in school more, you can spread that out. I'm not even sure how they came up with that number. And then they have the required subjects you must teach are reading, writing, spelling, grammar, history, mathematics, science, and civics. So when you're choosing a curriculum, you would just want to make sure that whatever you're choosing touches on each of those subjects in some way, shape, or form. And you have to teach in the English language, it says, for Kentucky. So that's it. So it's pretty simple. And then, like, I I do sell on my Etsy shop um, the templates that I use for attendance and keeping track of grades. So if you wanted to check that out, I do have the link to that in my profile. It's very simple. I just use um, a spreadsheet document to like keep up with that. So hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> you said, have I used or looked at the good and the beautiful? I've looked at it. I don't use it, but there are lots of people who do. I think Julie is one of them um, from Rooted Home Academy. Um, but no, I, I don't use it personally. It just didn't catch my eye or my children's eye when I shared, showed it to them. But yes, that's right, Julie from Rooted Home Academy, she uses it. So definitely you guys could connect and, um, you know, Julie, if you want to share your thoughts, I know a lot of people like it. 
Liberty, Liberty Danny, it says any suggestion for parents trying to teach different ages. So yeah, for you, I would say um, some families do unit studies, depending, like if your kids are close in age, where you're just kind of teaching around a particular topic and it's, you know, for all, for all your kids' ages. My kids are a bit more spread out. I have a 12-year-old, 10-year-old, and a, a six-year-old, so I will stagger their start times. Uh, and I encourage them to be uh, independent learners as soon as possible, because that <laughs> definitely helps. Also, um, not teaching the same subject at the same time has been helpful for me. Um, but it's just going to kind of depend. Like, I will try out different things and just find your flow, find your rhythm with that. Um, but for us, definitely um, different start times, different subjects, and encouraging them to be independent. Also, using online resources is really helpful. So one of the ones that we've used is Khan Academy for like video explanations of different subjects. So if I'm working with one child, the other can get on Khan Academy and use the video explanations to get the answers that they're looking for. They don't have to wait for me. Um, I also invest in a lot of different resource books that I encourage my older two to try to find the answer on their own before they come to me with a question just to encourage them to like do the research. So that's what I do. Um, unit studies worked for us when we when the kids were younger, like when my oldest was like third grade and my uh, middle child was like first grade in kindergarten. But now that they're more independent and they're more advanced, a unit study with all of my kids just wouldn't, it, it wouldn't work out. One would be bored and or not get it. Have you looked into the night zookeeper program? So I've heard of that one. I don't use it personally. Um, but with any of these um, curriculums that you guys are curious about, I would encourage you to Include your kids, number one, in the discussion of anything that you're interested in, because everything looks good online. It's supposed to like that's what the content is made for. Um, if the if the content you're interested or excuse me, if the curriculum you're interested in has a free trial, I encourage you to use it. Um, but the biggest um, indicator of success is going to be, does your kid like it and are they learning from it? So I can tell you all day it's amazing and your kid would not like it. Or I can tell you it was horrible. It didn't work for my kid, but your child will love it. So, you know, kind of that's my thought on any of the programs where it's just like one family will love it. Another family will hate it. Um, but yeah, definitely ask your kids. Um, not, I think Night Zookeeper is one that has a free trial. In fact, let me confirm that. Yes, they have a free trial. Oh, they also have a coupon code going on, it looks like. Um, so yeah, so I would encourage you if it's something that you're interested in, do the free trial, um, let your kid try it out and see how they like it. And if they don't, you know, move on. <laughs> do we have to have a classroom? No, you don't. You do not. You do not have to have a classroom. In fact, I know a lot of families, they um, will use their kitchen table and like a cart. Um, I have a little cart over here and that's what, you know, that's what keeps their school supplies organized. And then they roll the cart away when they're done with it. Uh, a classroom is definitely a personal choice. It's not a requirement. And I wouldn't even say that it helps or hurts in either way. It's just a personal decision, kind of like having a dining room. Like you can have a fancy dining room or you could just have a kitchen table. So, yeah. <laughs> You said, what about children with dyslexia? So one person I think you should definitely check out, Eva's mama, is um, Team Hey Homeschools. That's her username here on this app. She is dyslexic herself, and she is homeschooling her five children, four of whom have dyslexia as well. 
I would encourage you to go check out her content. She also goes live every Friday morning um, and definitely ask her, um, you know, her thoughts on homeschooling with dyslexia and, you know, what tips and tricks that she has because she's living it. Like anything that I tell you is just going to be something you could Google, which you probably already have. But again, her username is Team Hey Homeschools. And um, yeah, she's, she's like, like living it currently. And her kids are, her kids are younger than mine. I want to say her oldest is like 11 or 12. I might have that wrong. But yeah, she, she's currently homeschooling young kids with dyslexia. Um, and she herself has dyslexia too. So definitely I would encourage you to check out her channel. And, um, and she's also on the resources, I'm mean, assuming the Rolodex list as well. Okay. Ooh, guys, I am so behind on the comments in the chat. Let me, again, encourage you guys to type in the QA. That makes it a lot easier. Okay. How, how much time do you spend with family? I'm with them every day. Do you mean my family or like extended family? Let me know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm with my children every day. Like my close family, you know, every single day, but extended family, I don't know, maybe once a month we see each other. Um, let's see. Oh, what is the name of your Etsy store? It is called Homeschool Help Desk. And it's also, there's a link to it in my profile as well. Thank you for asking that. Forgot to mention it. Okay. What do you test the kids on weekly? I think the only weekly test we do is math. Um, we do have a vocabulary book that we have been using that it's not so much a test as they just have an assignment to do. It's not like a traditional spelling test, if that's what you mean. Um, and then also when we were using studies weekly, there was a test included at the end of each of those lessons for science and social studies, whatever they, uh, whatever that topic was for the week. I keep getting notifications, my goodness. Whatever topic they were doing for the week, there was a uh, test at the end of that. So I guess it was science, social studies, and math that were the weekly tests. Reading comprehension, we didn't do a weekly test and vocabulary wasn't weekly, but we did have tests throughout the term. But also that's it's going to depend on what curriculum you choose too. Those are just based on what I was using. How flexible is homeschool vacationing, et cetera? Oh, extremely, extremely flexible. <laughs> Especially if you work from home or are um, a stay-at-home parent, extremely flexible. Like, <laughs> like you can take off whenever you need to. You can vacation whenever you'd like to. We uh, homeschool year round, so it's it's very flexible. Like we went and spent a month in the Caribbean when my kids were younger. So very, 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 very flexible. Um, any certifications that you need to homeschool your children? None. No certifications needed. Do you have, we don't have a computer or laptop either. Uh, I would say that's okay if your kids are young, like, you know, K through two, K through second grade. Um, I would say it's something worth investing in as, as your kids get older though, for sure. Or you would want to at least make sure you're getting to the library. Like if your library has computer stations, you would want to get to the library on a weekly basis or maybe, you know, twice weekly at least, just so they are getting that practice. Cause you know, the world is getting, it's digital. They, they are going to need to learn the skill. Um, but if you have young kids, I would say it's not an urgent purchase, but 
that's what I would recommend. <laughs> when was the last time you cried and why? This is the internet. I'm not, I'm not sharing that. Uh, do you use IXL as a guideline? So I personally don't just because Georgia has their own standards website. I recommend this for states that don't have such a specific breakdown. Like Georgia has a very nice specific breakdown, like from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. So I use that because it's specific to my state. But IXL would be, I would recommend that for other states where it's not, they're not as forthcoming with the information. That's a good place to start for, for other states. But if you're in Georgia, I would say go to georgiastandards.org because that's going to be more detailed. Uh, let's see. I think I'm all caught up in the QA. I don't know what WBT is. So if you if I missed your question in the QA or excuse me, in the chat, please do type in the QA. I'm going to try to scroll back up and see what did I miss? Because that was that was coming in fast. Do you have any recommendations for high school curriculum? Yes, um, in my profile, there's a list of resources. A lot of them go through high school as well. Um, while I was at the homeschool expo, teaching textbooks definitely caught my eye for math. Uh, Time for learning is one that a friend of mine has used for her kids all the way through high school. Let's see, what's this one? This one was all about high school. They gave a whole checklist. This is unitehomeschool.com. And they had this like whole college bound checklist for high, for high schoolers. Um, and if there's things that were on the, that I saw at the homeschool conference that I don't have on the resources list, give me a like until the end of today to get those added because there was a lot out there for high school, y'all. I'm that's another thing about this conference that I really enjoyed was that there was something for everyone. They had, you know, the religious curriculum, they had secular curriculum, they had big companies, they had small mom and pop type companies, they had every subject rec uh, represented. So English, language arts, um, reading, they had coding, uh, science, history, math, um, foreign languages, like it was all represented and colleges were there colleges both private and public colleges were there they had folks there to talk to you about dual enrollment it was it was great honestly it was so good um that like i said i didn't even make it to the speeches because <laughs> i was getting so much information from those tables so i'm even more motivated to um like go all the way through high school like i was going to do it already but i'm even more motivated now all right, let me grab this QA question. What about sports and extracurricular activities? Oh, good question. So in my state, which is Georgia, uh, we have a law. It's called the Dexter Mosley Dexter Mosley Act. Let me let me read that just to make sure I'm saying the name right. Um, and what that law says is that for homeschoolers from the, from grades six through twelve, our kids can can participate in the public school sports and the public school extracurricular activities. Um, if you have, if you're not in Georgia, you also have the option of, you know, community sports and programs. Uh, you can sign your kid up for Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, 4-H. I mean, my, my daughter just over the weekend started clarinet lessons. So it's, De yeah, Dexter Mosley Act is what it's called here in Georgia. So yeah, there's definitely no shortage of opportunities for um, for things that your kid can participate in. But specifically in Georgia, we do have this law that 
says our kids from grade six and up can go through um, the public school if you want them to. You might not even want them to, but it's there. So you're not going to be missing out on, like, if let's say you were a part of, I don't know, the beta club at your public school and you really want your kids to be part of it too. Well, in Georgia, you can. You can go through your public high school and still homeschool, um, but your kid can be a part of those activities. All righty. Let me grab the QA again. Okay, trouble understanding the Florida laws. Um, if you're having trouble understanding the Florida laws, like if you have like more specific questions on the Rolodex in my profile, there are homeschoolers from Florida that you could reach out to and, you know, just ask them their opinion on what they're doing. There's, there's a lot, there should be several on there. And I know there's several Florida homeschoolers on TikTok who also make content. If you're just not sure exactly what it means. It says no subjects required. Oh, that just means it's probably not explicitly mentioned in the law, but you can still choose any subjects that you want to include for your homeschool. If it's not explicitly stated, it might say that. How were you able to find this expo event? I just Googled it, honestly. I think I just Googled like homeschool conference, Georgia. <laughs> and then that's one of the first ones that came up. So yeah, I would just do an internet search for your area. Okay, cool. Let me, I think I'm caught up in the QA. If I've missed your question in the chat, please do type it in the QA. Uh, your daughter does MMA. My, we're thinking of putting my son in, in martial arts this fall too. So yeah, there's lots of ways that you can, um, you know, your kid can get out there. You can get funding for homeschooling. You got funding for it and you got your students' laptops and supplies. Oh, good. Um, do you mind sharing the source of what uh, program you went through? Let's see, Georgia Peach Tasha. I've been, I know that question has come up in some of these lives. Uh, let's see, what is this? Can you teach higher grade level topics if your child already, I'm, I'm thinking you mean like surpass their grade level? Jenny, uh, Jenny Lynn too. I hope I'm, hopefully I'm getting that right. Yes, you can teach it. You can teach your child at whatever level they are. And if you don't feel comfortable teaching a subject, you can definitely outsource it to uh, companies like. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now, Back to the show. You could have them um, also take dual enrollment, which uh, is in a lot of states where they are going to go to the local college to take courses. So short answer is, yeah, you can teach at whatever grade level your kid is learning on. Okay, Shanna Banana, you said you'd use time for learning last year. Not too bad. You have a son with an IEP also. Okay, that's good to know that, that it was um, helpful for your son. All right, see you, Adrian. Good, good that you were here. Um, let's see. I'm trying to get caught up on the questions, guys. I know the chat was going like super fast for me on my end. So if I've missed you, I promise you I'm not trying to. Just type the question in QA. That makes it a lot easier to go back and see the question. All right. So it says, do you have to take your kids out of the public school system? Um, no, you don't have to. It's just if you want to homeschool, then yes, you would need to withdraw them. 
But if your kids are thriving and doing well in public school, I would say, let them stay. How do you go about finding a homeschooling group? So Elizabeth, a couple ways. A lot of people always say Facebook. I'm personally not on Facebook that much, so that's not what I did. Um, I use the library. Uh, our local library is like a central exchange of where to, you know, what's going on in the area. Because a lot of times the librarians, they're noticing who's coming in. They know who the homeschoolers are in a lot of ways, and they can connect you and they can say, oh, yeah, there's a homeschooling group that meets here every Thursday, you, and, let, and they'll let you know what time. Um, so that's that's actually how I found out about homeschooling groups in my area because I live in a rural area. Um, but yeah, those would be the main two ways. You could also try to Google your area. If you like live in a city, that's you're probably going to have more luck with that. But if, if you're in a you know suburban or rural area, I would try the library first and check multiple libraries in your area because you might have different libraries that different homeschool groups meet at. So that's what I would try. Uh, let's see. Would the Everything You Need books be a curriculum? No, I would consider that a supplement. Like, um, I would consider that just like a resource book to have, almost like a dictionary. So like if your kid isn't understanding something that's in the curriculum you choose, they can go check out those books to kind of read through and get a better explanation of what they need to know. Um, I would not consider that a full curriculum on its own. I would not but it's definitely helpful, like a helpful addition to your curriculum. How do you find secular co-ops? Same answer, because not every co-op is religious. Um, libraries, Facebook, or I mean, if you are adventurous, you could create your own. <laughs> I'm personally not much of an extrovert, uh, so I wouldn't create my own, but that is a way. You said any examples of successful people that homeschool? I think it depends on your definition of successful. Um, just off the top of my head, I know Simone Biles was homeschooled, but there's lots of them. I mean, you could just probably do a Google search of that one just to see who comes up. And then based on your definition of success, you could see if anyone on that list meets your definition. Best things for a kindergarten student. Ooh, dry erase, dry erase, dry erase, dry erase dry erase boards and dry erase workbooks <laughs> and different types of manipulatives that um, that you could utilize in different ways. I share a lot of the ones that we use um, on my Amazon storefront. If you just want to go check it out and get an idea, um, I would not say don't jump into paper workbooks. If your kid's not really ready to sit down and focus, you're just going to waste your money because there's going to be those scribble days and you're not going to get much of it done. But dry erase, for some reason, I think just kids just prefer markers. So that is what worked for us. Um, the work clean book, the wipe clean workbook, they come with their own little marker. I hate those. They're terrible. I would just go ahead and invest in some thicker ones like this. That's easier for their you know smaller hands to grip. And then um, also it's good for repetition. You could also invest in these little things. They're like pat uh, little pouches that you can drop in a worksheet that you just print offline and that can be used for dry erase as well or if you have a laminator you could use that too so yeah definitely dry erase <laughs> i cannot say that enough like dry erase for kindergarten is i couldn't homeschool without that but i also do have on the rolodex or excuse me on the resources list in my profile there's lots of different um 
curriculums that you can look through and resources and apps. So I would maybe check that out to see if any of that appeals to you. Any tips for fifth graders? Same, <laughs> same answer. The resources listed in my profile, y'all, it gets added on to at, usually at every live, someone is recommending a resource that they really like. And I just added on to that resources list and it just keeps growing and growing with every live. Um, in terms of tips, like how to teach a fifth grader, um, I would really focus on their learning style and, and try to find resources that will complement their learning style and their interest. I mean, that, but that's for any grade. That's not just fifth grade specific. Um, but as they're growing up and, and heading into middle school, I would also say a great investment would be the Big Fat Notebook series uh, by the Workman Publishing Group. They're the same ones that make these BrainQuest decks, if you're familiar with that. That series what is worth its weight in gold to me because as you're transitioning from fifth to sixth grade, the concepts that they're going to be learning are much more easily explained in that series. And it's almost written in like the diary of a wimpy kid style. So it looks like a, a notebook, like you're just looking at someone's notes. Um, basically, it's like a more fun version of Cliff Notes for each subject that your kid would need to know in middle school. So I would highly recommend that you invest in that. I do have that series linked in my Amazon storefront as well. And I bought that when my old when my oldest was in fifth grade. And it has been probably one of the best purchases I've made in addition to dry erase. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, definitely I recommend that. How do you find how to find me on Teachers Pay Teachers? Um, I think I called myself Homeschool Help Desk on there too. Or no, I think I said Homeschool Help Desk Live on Teachers Pay Teachers. Let me see. I forgot what I named myself <laughs> on there. I'm not a huge fan, honestly, because they take a huge chunk. Like that, that commission they take is ridiculous. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, I'm homeschool help desk live on Teachers Pay Teachers. Thank you for asking, Tracy. <laughs> uh, let's see. In Georgia, do we have to follow the standard to a T? You do not. We only have five subjects that are required by law and that's reading, writing, math, science, and social studies. You can, and I encourage you highly to go outside of that and definitely include your kids' interest in that. But no, it's meant to be a guide because keep in mind, there's no one to turn it into at the end of the year. We don't have annual evaluations in Georgia and our testing doesn't start until third grade and then every three years after that. So no. I think you should, I encourage you to tailor your kids' experience to your, uh, to their, to their interests and y'all's needs. How long have you been homeschooling? This is going to be our, this is our ninth year, nine years. <laughs> um, can our homeschoolers play public school sports? Yes, in Georgia, they definitely can. There's a law that supports that. Um, in other states, you're going to want to just double check to see. You may have to ask your specific school district. But in Georgia, for sure, the answer is yes to that question. Oh, let's see. Okay. Woo. You guys, this chat is moving quickly. If I missed your question, please type it in the QA. I promise I'm not trying to miss anybody. It's just I, the, the comment section is harder to follow when it's moving quickly. Um. Do you teach at the dining table or do they have their own desk? Oh, good question. So we we do it everywhere. <laughs> I do have a classroom set up here. So it's like, you know, a desk set up here in the classroom. 
We also have a library across the hall where we have like a lap desk and little foldable trays that they can utilize in there. They've also home, you know, done their schoolwork in their uh, bedrooms, in the living room, in the car when we're traveling. So we're all over the place. <laughs> but we have used um, our kitchen table as well. Just wherever they're comfortable that day. Workbook recommendations for eighth grade social studies and science. Hmm. You know, I'm not planning to use workbooks for social studies and science this year as, as I do have an eighth grader. Um, hmm. I don't have a workbook recommendation for those. I know that they exist, but I don't have a recommendation because I'm not planning to use workbooks. We're going to be following the standards for Georgia that I got from georgiastandards.org. And that doesn't really require a workbook. It, we're definitely going to be doing a lot more reading and writing this year for, for history and probably taking more trips to science museums. And um, we might do some different history museums. It just depends because our focus this year is supposed to be on Georgia. And so that's why I'm not really going to be using a lot of workbooks for Georgia. We're just going to use the georgiastandards.org um, website to follow that. So that's a good one. I don't know about workbooks. Yeah, I don't have a work, but I do have book recommendations, like just books, but not workbooks, which uh, again, I do have several linked in my Amazon storefront, but not, they're not workbooks. They're just like reference books. How has the world of homeschool changed in nine years? Oh, that's a good question. Um, more acceptance, much more acceptance. I feel like at the beginning, um, if you tell people you homeschool, there was a lot of side eye. Like the assumption was that you only homeschool if your kid can't handle public school or if they got in trouble and expelled or something. Um, so there's a lot more acceptance uh, when you tell people you homeschool resources, a lot more resources, a lot more free resources. Um, because when I first started, it felt like everything was all in one. So you had to buy a bundle. Um, but now because there are so many different companies that specialize you can just say, I'm only going to do this company for math and this company for, you know, language arts and this company for science. So uh, I do like that. Um, definitely a lot more resources, more acceptance. And of course, my family finally came around because <laughs> they were not on board at the beginning. Um, let's see, what else? Social media has made it to where you can definitely find your people a lot easier. Because uh, again, when I first started, it was, it it was a very homogenous group. They, that just seemed like everyone was kind of cut from the same cloth, if you catch my meaning, and I just didn't fit that mold. Um, so definitely social media has made it a lot easier to find my people, <laughs> which I definitely appreciate. Um, so yeah, that's probably three ways that, um, that it has changed. You start a math tutoring job today. Any tips? Mm, no, never been a tutor. <laughs> I would say take, take your time and good luck. I don't have any tips for that, though. <laughs> I don't tutor uh, other people's kids. At the expo, did you speak to colleges? What did they want from homeschools? So, so funny. Yes, I did speak to a couple of colleges, and they are they love homeschoolers um, because they definitely feel like they are more prepared for college than um, 
some other some public schoolers and some private schoolers because they're already thinking critically. They're already used to working independently as opposed to working off of like a seven to three schedule, which we know that's not how it is in college. If you've been to college, you know, that's not how it is. Um, So just really the main thing was like, make sure that you're meeting the requirements for Georgia, which there's just 17 courses that are required for Georgia. And uh, they, they love dual enrollment as well. So I got a lot of information about dual enrollment at which colleges, um, but basically the the main thing was they love homeschoolers and they want they wanted homeschoolers to know that that they that we are sought after and that we shouldn't be afraid to apply and that there are um, different routes to take to get in there that can be paid for through scholarships and dual enrollment as well. So yeah, colleges are are loving on let me see if I have that form right here so I can show y'all because there was one person there. She was representing multiple colleges and she gave me the piece of paper. Oh, here it is. So this is, uh, she was there representing ECOR, specifically talking about how, um, how homeschoolers could use dual enrollment at all these, at 21 University System of Georgia colleges and universities in order to basically get their college paid for and then uh, she was also there promoting different online degrees that you can get from public universities as well. So I'm just gonna hold this up. This were, these were the colleges she was representing. So if you're in Georgia, you might recognize some of the ones on this list. Um, but yeah, she was basically like, these colleges love homeschoolers and we want you to know that you can come hang out <laughs> and, and further your education through these schools. So yeah, colleges were, were loving on some homeschoolers there. Which resource for grade goals again? Oh, um, grade goal. Oh, like the standards. Um, so this one here, this IXL.com forward slash standards is a good one. If you're not in Georgia, uh, if you are in Georgia, georgiastandards.org is a good one to go to just so you, you know what your kids should know for each grade. Okay. And there was one other question. Is it possible to work at homeschool? Yes, 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 it is. I did that up until February of this year. <laughs> and I guess technically I'm still doing it because this is starting to feel like work. <laughs> um, but I enjoy it. So yes, it is 100% possible to do it. You're just going to be, you're going to have to be more disciplined with your schedule, especially if you have like a traditional corporate eight to five schedule. Um, and you'll have to get creative with, when you homeschool, um, if you need help from family or, you know, if you have a spouse or a partner, you know, so you, it's going to depend on what all you have going on in your life. But short answer is yes, it is 100% possible. I did it for many years. All right. Yes. Thank you, Julie. If I'm missing questions, please throw them in the QA because I know this chat is moving um, quicker than I can see. Uh, hold up the colleges again. Here, These are just some now, because this isn't even all who was there. This person was representing all of these colleges, but there were like some private schools there too, like private colleges. She was there representing these public ones. And again, this is specific to Georgia. So lots of good ones. And that's not even all the ones you can go to, by the way. That's just who was at this particular 
um, conference. What's the best curriculum for elementary school? Ooh, hard question. Like it's gonna depend on which one your, your kid gravitates towards best. Um, but I do have a resources list in my profile that you can click on and like just go through and, and um, you know, see which ones work best for, for your kid. That's the best curriculum in my opinion is the one that your child responds to best. And that might take some trial and error of you testing different ones out, try this, try that until you, you land on, on the one that works best. But definitely check out that resources link in my profile. You said you have a special needs child, where to start? Um, so of course it's gonna depend on what needs you're talking about. Um, I would recommend that you start by checking out the Rolodex uh, list in my profile because there are families on that list who have children with special needs, you know, different special needs like autism, dyslexia, um, some others like ASD and whatnot. So, well, that's the same as autism, isn't it? Um, ADHD is what I meant. So it just kind of depends on what special needs you're talking about, but I could, I would definitely refer you to that Rolodex so that you can reach out to other homeschoolers on this app and just ask anything that is, you know, more specific to what you're talking about, because it just, you know, it kind of just special needs is, is a big umbrella that covers a lot of different things. So I wouldn't want to, you know, have you getting, um, if I'm, you know, talking about autism, but you mean dyslexia, you know what I mean? So definitely do check out that list. Okay, about African history. Uh, are you just talking about like resources or what do I specifically use? Cause I use a bunch of different things like documentaries. I have different resource books here at the house. I haven't found a, an all-in-one curriculum that in my opinion does a, a good job holistically. Um, but one thing that I really, really enjoyed doing with my kids specifically is we did, a, we did an ancestry tree, like a family tree and as we were going back each decade, because we kept looking at all of the different census data, we would talk about what was happening in that decade, like the significant things that were happening in that decade, specific to our family, specific to where our family was living and specific to the African-American experience. So, but if you're talking about like African history before America, um, I really like the DK Black History book. Um, and I just like books in general for that. And also, um, Lots of documentaries, lots of good ones. There's lots of good ones out there. There's one on Disney Plus that we just recently watched about the last slave ship that slave ship that came to Alabama. That was recommended to me by another friend of mine. But yeah, there's so many out there. Just I haven't seen anything all in one though. How did you do it when you were working? Mm, so my my schedule was pretty flexible. I would I I would know my schedule two weeks out. So I would just put that schedule on the spreadsheet that I was using as, you know, like the template. And I tried very hard to be consistent with my work schedule. Sometimes that worked, sometimes that didn't. And um, God, how did I do it? <laughs> I don't, I just, I don't know. I felt like I was like a robot on autopilot. <laughs> just, I just would make my schedule. I would say, okay, we're homeschooling. We're going to do this subject at this time. I'm working at this time. And yeah, that's kind of how I did it. It was just, I just got it done. Oh man. I, but definitely following the spreadsheet schedule was huge. Did I send you, did you send your kids to daycare with homeschool assignments? No, my kids have never been to daycare. But when they, whenever I needed someone else to watch them, like my mother, 
I did send them to her house with homeschool assignments. So sort of yes, but it wasn't like a traditional daycare. Did you like homeschool before work or after? Yeah, after, <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I do not miss my job. My job was answering customer service calls and I don't miss that. <laughs> People are not nice to customer service um, representatives. Do you, have you used the everything you need to ace? Yes, yes, live by those, love those books. Thank you, hey, Lorinda. <laughs> yes, we definitely use those. I would literally use it just this morning because we were talking about integers and exponents. Just this morning, we literally used it. Resource, writing wizard to make free worksheets. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Let me look that up real quick. Writing wizard. I know we have another one on there. Oh, I like this. This is so cute. And they have an app. Okay, nice. So I wonder, let me see if this website will connect to both. So awesome, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Now there's Writing Wizard in the app and there's eslwritingwizard.com. I don't know if they're connected, but we'll just add them both. Okay, hold on, be patient with me guys. I'm just wanting to make sure I write this down so I don't forget to add it later. Okay, thank you for sharing that resource. Okay, how many subjects do you typically cover a day? Um, five. <laughs> and I know that off the top of my head because I made our schedule already, whoops, which I can show you. It's also in my Instagram if you guys follow me there. Um, so this is our schedule. So the beginning subjects, ELA and uh, math are here at the beginning. So that's two subjects covered. Foreign language is one and then science and typing, that would be four and five. And then it just changes every day in the afternoon. Like our mornings are consistent, but our afternoons, I change it up. So five, except for Friday, which is just four. Because financial, well, I say financial literacy and life hacks, but it usually just ends up being financial literacy. So we do four to five a day. What planner do you use or recommend? Oh, Britt, I'm terrible with planners. <laughs> every year I try, I try, look, I try every single year to get a planner. This is, I, I'm, my planner graveyard is next to me. This one was from Michael's. I think this one's by, I forgot who this one is by. It was this whole teacher planner with these cute little inserts, right? Like keep calm and pretend it's on the lesson plan. And I used about a month of this. So I'm terrible with paper planners. I am not the best person to ask. Every year I try and fail. <laughs> so I just use spreadsheets. <laughs> that's what I use. And that's been the most consistent thing for me is, is spreadsheets. So I'm sorry, I'm a terrible person um, with paper planners. I wish. I consistently try. I was even thinking about it again this year, like maybe this will be the year, but it never is. <laughs> it never is. How many hours do you dedicate to homeschooling? Uh, for us, it's four and a half each day is what's on here. So there's two hours in the morning and then two and a half hours in the afternoon with like an hour and a half break in between. 
but that's not us sitting down solidly for two hours. Like there's flexibility there, but that's what's allotted. So approximately four and a half hours each day, sometimes less, sometimes more. Do you think your kids learned enough when you work? Yes, yes, because even when they were working independently, we would still go back and review what they learned. And I also do assessments and checks each year. So yes, I do believe that they learned enough. And I also follow the Georgia standards for our state. So I was checking it off. Like, did we cover that? Did we cover that? Did we cover that? So yes, they definitely did. What do you do for financial literacy? Oh, good question. Um, so I don't, I, I basically I just use our life as the curriculum on that. We talk a lot about passive income streams. We have different um, money resource books, uh, both for the kid level and for the adult level. And we just talk through things. Like when bills come in, we talk about it. We talk about budgeting. We talk about um, investing and dividends and compound interest. So uh, there's not one particular curriculum or workbook that I would recommend because we use more than one. Um, but basically, you know, I just explain life to them. Like my kids understand taxes. When, when I was, you know, doing our taxes, I, they were like right over my shoulder, like, okay, so, you know, this is a deduction and this is, you know, just explaining things to them as they come in. Like, this is what equity in the home means. And this is, you know, what escrow means. Just, you know, talking it through them talking them through our life. And then also, again, encouraging to them to read different books that cover finances that we don't necessarily encounter. Like we're not renters, but we still teach about rent so that they understand what goes into that. So that's how we do it. Oh my goodness, y'all. Okay, did your kids get vaccinations? Yeah, they get what's required when they go to the doctor. Um, thoughts on my father's world curriculum. Oh, they were at the thing. They were at the homeschool conference that I went to. Um, yes, here it is. Boop, my father's world. <laughs> so I had not heard of them before I went there. I'll be honest with you on that. Um, to me, it nothing stood out about them that made me say, oh, this is better than what we're using. It just looks like another kind of all-in-one curriculum. Uh, didn't feel anything, didn't see anything extraordinary. You know, some of the books that they recommend are books that we have seen before. Uh, because a lot of times, like they use Usborne books. I don't know if you guys can see that. Let me flip it around. Like a lot of these all-in-ones, they are putting together packets of books that they consider to be good books, but I've seen them before. So it, it, like I said, it didn't stand out to me as exceptional. I just, they were there <laughs> and I remember seeing them there. Um, but yeah, like I said, with, when it comes to any curriculum, guys, it's just going to depend on what is resonating with your kid. The Good and the Beautiful has, a, has free printer planner sheets. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. Um, ooh, I'm trying to get caught up, y'all. How did you motivate your kids to get started? Oh, good question. <laughs> a lot of lecturing, probably, they would tell you. Um, ultimately, I just explained to them why intelligence was better than ignorance and how if they want to have more control over their life, they're going to need to be informed and educated in order to do that. Um, I let them know that I don't know all the answers, so they're, they're going to have to get comfortable seeking them out on their own. Um, 
So yeah, just explaining to why an education matters is huge. Don't just plop them down with a workbook and say, do it. Cause they're going to be like, why, <laughs> you know, if I give my kids a workbook, I explain to them why I think this is going to help them in life or why it should matter to them. And also they help, I help, they help pick out what they're using. So they're motivated to use it. Like they, they are part of helping to choose their own workbooks. They're part of the process. So that really helps to get them motivated. Uh, thank you, Kay. I heard you, I saw you say in the chat, we got you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad y'all are here. Do you use any out school for homeschooling? I don't yet, but I definitely will in the future. I already know we're going to. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. But uh, as of right now, we're not we're not using it yet. Ooh, four and a half hours. How did you do that while working? Um, again, <laughs> spreadsheets. So up here, this would be a shift that I was working. Y'all have to also remember my job, I could pick my hours. I did not have a standard corporate nine to five. I was able to select my hours. So that's a huge part. So like this part up here that says homeschool help desk, I would have been working during this morning time. I would have worked during lunch and then I would have worked after in this space here. Um, and I also... For a time i would work at night too so i was able to pick my hours and i would just block them out at different times of the day usually i didn't work more than two hours at a time but it would just be throughout the day and then during the breaks that i wasn't working i was working with my kids on their homeschool so it's possible it's just it's a lot <laughs> and there wasn't a lot of days where we were there, there, we we had our days where we would go out, but it was like there. It was much more strict. We weren't as free flowing when I was working, and we really kept to the 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 job or the um, the schedule. So that was for me. But if you have an eight to five or a traditional nine to five, then I would say that you would need to homeschool after that, or like in the evenings or on the weekends. So it just it's going to depend on your work schedule. My particular work schedule allowed for that flexibility. But if you have one that's different, then you're just going to have to consider like around your schedule. Like keep in mind, you don't have to homeschool during seven to three hours, like traditional public school hours. You could get a lot done from the, you know, five to six or five to seven or six to eight or on the weekends. Again, like you like I think some people feel like they don't have to or shouldn't homeschool on the weekends. Like you definitely can. It's just going to depend on your work schedule. So every family is a little bit different there, but that's how I did it. Could you touch on getting started in Florida? I don't know the specifics of Florida, but I would say the uh, the Rolodex list in my profile, there are homeschoolers in Florida um, and they also are on this app. So if you wanted to reach out to them directly and just say like, hey, this is, you know, I have some questions about Florida. Um, but there's, yeah, I would I would definitely encourage you to reach out through that Rolodex, I wouldn't want to lead you astray. Anything that I find for Florida is something that you could also Google. <laughs> so I would I would definitely encourage you to reach out to someone in Florida, um, either through that Rolodex list or just in your area to get kind of that, you know, that hands-on like living through it experience. How do you set up your assessments? Oh, good question. Um, so for the 
the main assessment that we have to do, like the third grade, sixth grade, ninth grade that the state requires, I order it. I've ordered it from the Hewitt Learning um, Company. That's the one we use. We use the PASS test. Uh, so you just pay for the test. You order it in advance with, um, you know, you give them the date that you're planning to give the assessment. They'll mail you the information. My kids with the past test, you can take it at home. It's a paper test, but you can also do online assessments. There's companies like the California Achievement Test. That's one company that I know of where you can have your child take the test online. Um, so it's, it's going to depend on which assessment you choose. But if you're talking about like just the regular assessments that I give, just the pre-test, post-test, I just printed them and uh, give it to them here at home. But that's the main ones, like I said, where I'm having to order it and then we have to mail it back in for them to uh, have it graded and evaluated. I just order it in advance um, through the Hewitt Learning Company. That's the one that I've used. Thank you all so much for the likes and the shares. I do see um, those popping up with some of the other notifications. Would you consider American Sign Language foreign language? Yes, it's actually, yes, it is considered a foreign language here in Georgia. It's on the list of courses you can take to meet that requirement. So 100%, yes, we actually have some sign language resources here. I definitely do. And so does the state of Georgia. Yes, ma'am. Oh, it's not typically offered in high school. That's true. It's not. Um, but yeah, I it's it is considered um, a foreign language here in Georgia. How do you switch to homeschool? Uh, do you mean like how do you withdraw from public school? So each school district has their own withdrawal procedures. You're going to want to just Google your your specific uh, states or, or excuse me, your school district's withdrawal procedures. Withdrawing is not a big deal. People move all the time. So it's probably on their website where you can just go and find whatever the withdrawal procedures are. Um, but before you do that, you're going to want to look at the law for your state to see if there's any sort of notification that's going to be required. Some states have like a certain um, period that they want to see. Like you have to, if you withdraw your child, you have to enroll as a homeschooler within like 14 business days or 15 business days. So you're going to want to read through that and check that just to make sure. But it's usually a very simple process. You withdraw from public school following whatever your district's procedures are. Sometimes it's an email. Sometimes it's, cert it's a certified letter. Um, and then after that, you would follow the rule for um, signing up to homeschool in your state. If there is one, you might live in a state that requires no paperwork. So it's just going to it's going to be state dependent. Yes, Abeka is still around. <laughs> they were at the homeschool conference that I went through or that I went to. You can't, you can with an eight to five job. It's just going to, again, it's going to depend on your schedule and how, how that's going to work for your family. It's not impossible though. What if my child has never been in school? So mine, we're also not in school and we just, uh, Georgia requires you to um, submit your paperwork to homeschool, your notice of intent, your declaration of intent um, when your child is six. Uh, or going to be six on, I think, September 1st. If there, if your child is going to be six that year, that's when you would submit your uh, declaration of intent to homeschool. And so you just do that and that's it. You're, you're homeschooling from that point. My children have never been to daycare or public school. So when it was time to submit the paperwork, that's all. That's what I did. I just submitted that one piece of paper. It wasn't even a piece of paper, it was online. <laughs> and then you can print the piece of paper and that was it. We were homeschooling from that point. So it's totally fine if your child has never been to school. You would just follow the requirements to notify for your state if you have any. 
thank you for the likes. I appreciate that. Y'all, I have not seen the chat. So if y'all have chatted to me, um, I apologize if I've missed you. Please do type it in the QA. I'm just, I'm trying not to miss anyone's question, but I know I am. <laughs> you said, did you do, did your, did or do your kids ever ask to go to public school? Yes, they, um, my, <laughs> my girls have asked in the past. And when they asked, we just, I, I went to the website that they would be going to for their for their school because they, they, their best friends have gone go to the school that they would be going to. So they have um, that exposure through their best friends. And so uh, when they were asking about it, we went to the website for the school and we talked about like what we would need to get prepared for them to be enrolled. And uh, we looked at what the schedule is. We I pointed out to them where in the neighborhood the bus would be, where they would have to go and what time they'd have to get up and, you know, just all the things that we would need to do to prepare for them to go to home uh, public school. And um, <laughs> surprisingly, once they found out all that went into it, they didn't want to go anymore. <laughs> they were just like, we have to get up at what time we have to do what? And then of course their friends talk about their home, their homework and like projects that they have to do. And the testing, when the testing came around for Georgia, because Georgia at the public schools, they test every year. I think it's called milestones. Hearing their friends talk about how horrible the testing was deterred them. They were no longer interested. And in fact, their friends keep asking their mother <laughs> to homeschool them. Or they, she actually, one of their friends asked if I would homeschool them. I said, absolutely not, but love you though. So yeah, they did ask and they're no longer interested. <laughs> So, yeah. Do you have to turn in worksheets all year or at the end? That's going to depend on your state. Some states do have evaluate, uh, evaluations uh, where you would need to show samples of their work. We do not have that in Georgia, so I don't have to turn in any work or worksheets, but I do keep it all anyway. Um, but it's just going to depend on your state. I know some states like Florida and Pennsylvania have annual evaluations. Um, other states like Texas and Illinois, they don't have any paperwork or any evaluations or any testing to do at all. So it just kind of depends on what state that you're in. But I would still recommend that you keep samples of their work for yourself, for your own personal records. Um, but depending on what state you're in, that's, gonna, that's going to determine um, what, if anything, you have to turn in. Good morning, Jacqueline. I just saw your comment. Good morning. Can you go over quarterly reporting briefly? So I actually don't have any quarterly reporting to do. I think that's only in, is that New York? Are you in New York? I feel like for some reason, New York stands out as doing quarterly reporting. I don't know why New York just came to mind for that. So I don't have any quarterly reporting requirements and I don't want to steer you wrong. Yeah, New York. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So, um, I don't know if there's anyone in here currently in the in the in this live from New York who would um, be able to answer that more specifically. Uh, but if not, I would encourage you to reach out to homeschooling groups in New York because I again I wouldn't want to lead you astray and give you wrong information about that. We don't have quarterly reporting here, so that's what I would suggest is reaching out to some New York homeschoolers. I don't think I have anyone from New York on the Rolodex yet. I know we have New Jersey, but let me double check to see if there's anyone on this Rolodex from New York. I hope one day, y'all, to have all 50 states rep represented. 
But the thing is, not everybody wants to <laughs> answer questions online. Yeah, I don't have New York yet, unfortunately. So, but I, I again, I wouldn't want to lead you astray. Okay, so you were saying, yes, New York. What happens if you don't hand in quarterly report new? I don't know. Again, I'm not in New York, so... I don't know. I would imagine you would get some sort of letter saying that they didn't receive it, but I don't know. I don't want to lead you guys astray on that topic because it's so specific to New York. I feel like there's an eyelash on me, y'all. That's why I keep doing this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would definitely encourage you to like reach out to a, a homeschool group in New York and just ask um, or see if there's anyone on this app, Homeschooling in New York, who talks about it. That way you can follow them and um, ask them that question, but I don't know anything about quarterly reporting because it's just not a requirement for Georgia. Okay, so I think I'm caught up in the QA. If I missed your question in the chat, please do type it in the QA because I don't want to miss anyone's question. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. And I see you guys are chatting to each other. Thank you, Kay, Big Mom. Everybody who's answering questions in the chat too, Julie, I saw Lorinda, I saw y'all answering questions too. Thank y'all so much. Okay, let me grab that. You heard New York was tough on homeschoolers as far as all they require. I don't know if it's tough or it's just like once you once you've gotten in a rhythm with the paperwork, I think it's probably just like any other type of, you know, rhythm that you would get in. I just think they re they require more paperwork, but I don't know that I would consider it tough. It's just like I said, you just have to learn the rhythm. Do all colleges accept diplomas created by a parent? Yeah, all the ones that I'm aware of, <laughs> because that's written in the state law is that for, I'll use Georgia as an example. Our law specifically states that I, as a homeschooler, have all the authority to create any documents that are needed for my child's education. I'm basically seen on the same level as private school, public school, charter school. So whatever document I create is the official document that is required. And I know that sounds weird, but speaking as a former college admissions counselor, yes, we accept it um, at the college level. So yeah, there's no... There, there's no differences made between the paperwork submitted by a parent versus the paperwork submitted by a private school versus the paperwork submitted by a public school or charter school. The only additional thing that homeschoolers had to do when I was in, in admissions counselor, and keep in mind, this has been a few years, was the parents had to sign an affidavit stating that what they are submitting is true. Uh, we did not require that of public schools. But that was the only difference. And then homeschoolers also had to score higher on ACT and SAT in order to be admitted. Now, I don't know if that's still the case. I would have to look, you'd have to look at each individual college that you're interested in. But homeschoolers had those two additional requirements when I was an admissions counselor. But yes, the paperwork was accepted. The transcript was accepted. Let's see. You had to call your Department of Education. I think I think that comment got cut off. Hold on, let me go back. 
you are allowed to even hold them back a grade. Yeah, you don't have to move on. If your child is not ready for the next grade, I would not encourage you to, to push them along. Like keep working on that subject until they're ready. Don't move them ahead. Why do I keep feeling like there's a hair on my face? <laughs> oh, that's right. Some colleges don't even require the SAT and ACT anymore. That is so true. Yeah, I think California is a state I know of that has eliminated that requirement. Um, Georgia still requires it though. But yes, some colleges no longer require the ACT or SAT at all. And I'll tell you guys, like that was one of the things that really blew my mind as an admissions counselor when we were, you know, when I was working with all these different types of students was I was like, wait a minute, we don't require, whoa, whoa, how do we know these parents are not lying, just pencil whipping A's up in here. Um, and it just really, it, it bugged me because I wasn't on the homeschool mindset at that time. Um, but the more I got to know the homeschoolers and, and find out what they were doing, um, it was like, they're actually doing more. <laughs> they're doing way more. And a lot of times uh, homeschoolers have already been in dual enrollment too. So it's just, it's like a, it's a natural progression to continue on in college. Oh, they have stopped. Oh my goodness. Raising wolves. Okay. Well, thank you for being, cause I hadn't looked recently. So what, oh, well, you said you have four sons in Georgia colleges, no ACT or ACT required anymore. Oh, good to know. Hold on a second. Then let me correct myself. Cause I think the last time I looked, I was looking at Kennesaw state and they still had it on there, but good to know that they've taken it off. Cause honestly, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a good indicator of how well your kid is gonna do in college. It always just felt like an unnecessary extra step away for college board to get some money, but I'm glad. I'm glad they've stopped requiring that. So good, thank you for being here. It, oh, it happened after the pandemic. Okay, that makes sense. Cause I really haven't looked at much uh, for admissions, but yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's, I'm glad it's no longer a requirement because I didn't find it necessary, honestly. Even when I took it, you know, 100 years ago when I was going to college, I was like, why? Oh, look, there it is, big, red, bold letters. It says, first year students may apply to, I'm looking at Kennesaw State University for the fall 2022 semester, may be admitted without an ACT or, a a ACT or SAT score if they have a GPA of 3.2 or higher. Students who have less than a 3.2 should submit official ACT or, a or SAT scores along with their high school transcript to be considered for admissions. How interesting. Mm, note that the test scores are still required for some scholarships. That's true. And programs. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Glad that that fine print is out there now to make it, make it clear, make it plain. B. Kayla, when you said you never heard someone from anything public will say that. Ooh, say what? What were what were we referring to? She told me you have the power. She told me you have the power of any teacher at home. Yes, that's accurate. <laughs> that is literally written in the law for Georgia. <laughs> yeah, it it was it was something that I had to wrap my mind around too. But I think that it was a result of my conditioning. You know, I I had public school on this pedestal and and homeschool on this, you know, level. But once I read the law and I was like, oh, it's the same? What? <laughs> so, but but again, when, you, when you're on the homeschool side of things, you're like, yeah, we should have all the same, our, our, our document should carry the same weight because we're doing the same, if not more. And oftentimes it is more work. 
than what public schools are putting into our students. So it should carry the same weight. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, every Georgia college is different. Check them all. That's exactly right. Yeah, for whatever admissions um, that you're looking at, whatever your goal college is, look at that college's admissions website because some will probably say no SAT required at all. This one that I just read was Kennesaw State. It's one of the ones on the list that were at the homeschool expo that I was at this weekend. They say it's not required if your GPA is here, but it is required if your GPA is here. So definitely always check. Don't take this live as the gospel for your uh, homeschool admissions. Okay. Any non-governmental funding resources? Ooh, not that I know of, but don't, again, don't take my word for it. I don't know about it because I'm not looking for it. That doesn't mean it's not out there. Um, I mean, I guess you could always, there could always be like private colleges or, you know, private groups that are raising funds to help homeschoolers in the area. I'm just not familiar with any, but it, it could be out there but not that, not that I'm aware. All right, cool. Ooh, y'all, that hour and a half went by fast. It is already almost 10 and I'm just trying to catch my breath. I don't even think I took a sip of my, my water. That was fast. Thank y'all for being here and participating. <laughs> I'm trying to scroll back through the chat too. I know I missed some people in the chat and I'm sorry, y'all. Normally it just, whew, the QA is why it's so like important because then I can see the questions easier. Real estate, Erica, you said your daughter says she wants to go to school sometimes. You know it's because she thinks it will be like Victorious the show. Ah, yes. I think, um, yeah, I think TV shows definitely give gave my kids a false sense of what school was like. So, yeah. Is the expo more than once a year? No, it's every year at the end of July. So yeah, it's just once a year for the one that I went to. But there are others in uh, you know that you can look up. But the one that I went to is just once a year. Yes, that was a wave of questions, right, Kay? I mean, <laughs> I was trying to keep up. I know I missed. I'm like going back. Ah, gosh, I, I'm sorry, y'all. If I've missed you and you're still here, please do type it in the QA because I was not even able to look at the chat. I was so focused on the QA. I think I'm pretty caught up, I hope. And thank y'all in the chat who were answering questions too that I might've missed. I appreciate that so much because I know I wasn't catching everything. And thank y'all again for the likes, for the follows, for the shares. It was, it was a lot. <laughs> You're welcome. Good morning. Hey. Hey, Ellie Motherhood. motherhood. Uh, that's why I went to the expo with y'all. I went with Camilla. We met up while we were there. And even though we were there for like five hours, we still didn't hit every table. <laughs> it was just that many people there. Plus, we were chatting and just having a good old time. So, yeah, whew, that was a that was a nice live. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed that episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. Remember that I am on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.